Hey, I'm Matt Simpkins, pastor of Christ South, and this is our podcast. Thanks for listening. I hope this builds you up. I hope this helps you in your faith. I hope this helps you to see God at work. We'll see you at the end of the podcast. Road trip. Who loves road trips? Man, I love road trips. I want to do a little talk show kind of thing here. So do we have our handheld mic somewhere? Do we know where that is, guys? All right, we're going to need one of, our, uh, one of our folks to help us out. I'm going to uh, maybe get, get one of you guys back there. Braden, would you be willing to help us out with this? So I'm going to ask people some questions, and, um, and then you're going to go around, and, and they're going to get to talk in the mic and answer those questions. And remember, the more you talk, what happens? The faster the sermon goes. Okay, because then we get to the buffet before the Baptist. Amen. Amen. <laughs> this is a great new series. I love the idea of going places and thinking about that spiritual journey, not just our physical journey as we go from place to place, but our journey in life. I love road trips, and, um, and, and I want to ask you a question. All right, so this is like old school talk show. This is the way it used to work. You'd have a host, they'd ask a question, and then the audience would then answer these kind of things. Everybody understand how this works? Everybody say, yeah, got it? Got it. All right, where do you go to get away. All right, let's see a hand up. Where do you go to get away? And Braden, you're going to have to be fast this morning, all right? So find them this morning. Where are they at? All right, way in the back over here, we got a couple. Where do you go to get away? All right, you're going to have to run, probably. All right, it's good. Notice I didn't make French do this. To the beach. To the beach. All right, all right, good. Fantastic. Where else? Where do you go to get away? I saw your mom raise her hand. You can find your mother, probably. All right, where is it? The beach. All right, which beach? Now, let's get more specific. Oh, I'd like the golf. The Gulf. Okay, fantastic. As long as you don't go to Alabama. Wait, I'm just playing. 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 Sorry, guys. That's for my Alabama friends. All right. Oh, come on. Stop it. All right, raise your hands. Where do you like to go to get away? Come on, help me out. Remember, the more you talk, the faster this goes. All right, just yell it out if you're too far away. For a walk. You like to go and get away and go on a walk. Where do you walk? Around the neighborhood. Around the neighborhood. That's fantastic. Where do you go to get away? What else you got? Come on, bring me, bring me some stuff here. Come on. We got, I got two that went to the beach, one goes on a walk. Braden, you're over here, and then over there, so get ready. We'll come at you next, Kristen. All right, what you got? Lutheridge. Lutheridge. You go to camp up in Arden, North Carolina. It's one of my favorite places on earth. Fantastic. National parks. National parks. That's so cool. One of my friends is a musician, and they just went on this massive national park tour, and they recorded all these sounds from the national parks, and then sampled them and made an album out of them. It's really cool. I'll, I'll tell you about that. I could, for those of you that are online, it's my buddy's band's called The Paper Lights. Paper Lights, and they did this cool thing called National Parks. It's a very cool album. All right, what do you got? Where do you go? Gatlinburg. Gatlinburg, yes. Anybody have, just admit it, an airbrush t-shirt in their repertoire? <laughs> Yeah, I didn't see the hands go up. What you got? Disney. Disney. Where are my Disney fans? Clap out like you, Disney fans. Yes, okay. All right, way in the back there. Oh, you just say you're a Disney fan. All right, where else do you go to get away? One more, one more. We need one more. We need one more. All right, right up here in front. All right, where do you go to get away? The garden. Where? Like garden. Like a garden. Uh, yeah, beautiful. As you find a place to just go into the good answer. Like we're on like we're on the survey show at the family feud. Good answer, good answer, good. I love it. All right. Now here's the next question. What happens when you get there? What happens just like in your mind, in your soul, when you get to that place? What is it? Y'all raise your hands. Let's do this real quick. Braden's looking for you. What happens when you get to that place that you're going? While he's heading over there, Christina, shout it out. You feel peaceful. All right, you feel peaceful. All right, what you got over here? It's all right. Say, say, say it into the microphone. Peace. Peace. You feel peaceful. All right, I saw another hand over here, didn't I? Is there another hand over here? All right, go ahead. Just, just, you know, just jump over people. You exhale. 
You just let it oh. out. Everybody do this real quick. Everybody do this. Every, inhale real deep and hold it. Now exhale. Oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. What do you experience in that peace? That's the next question. That's the last one I got for you for a minute. What do you experience in the midst of that peace? What's happening in your soul, in your mind, in the midst of all of that peace, in the midst of that exhale? Maybe you don't say that one out loud. Maybe you just let that one sit inside. See, this is the beginning of the travel season, right? This is the beginning when it's really nice outside. And I'm going I'm to tell you something. I'm proud of y'all for being in church this morning because this is a beautiful, beautiful day. So you, you're, you're here. Y'all are like the all-stars, all right? All you online, I know you're sitting at the park with your phone, and I kind of envy you a little bit. All right, moving on. So nice outside. Especially remember this. Uh, uh, when you go on vacation, just make sure your auto draft you're giving, okay? All right, I'm just kidding. Fun to think about the places that we would go, isn't it? To think about all the fun things that we would do. I love to go to, um, to Michigan during the summer. I go up there because it's so nice and cool and stay at my buddy's house, my cousin's house for a little bit. And then we go out and play in the, the, the big lake. It's really funny because my girls are like, hey, when we go to Lake Michigan, can we stay at a place that has a pool? I'm like, the lake <laughs> is a pool. <laughs> it's a giant pool. And if you've ever been to Lake Michigan, I mean, it looks, looks like an ocean, right? You're standing on the edge of it. It looks like an ocean. No salt, no sharks. Woot. <laughs> I want to take a second, though, because this sermon series isn't just about that travel season. It's not just about taking that time, those spring breaks, those vacations. It's about thinking about, for the next few weeks, how God is taking you on a journey, on a spiritual journey. That there's this movement that happens in our lives. Like Melody and my wife and I, Pastor Melody and I were talking yesterday. We're like, we've we got to do some kind of little vacation before we, before we hit the summer season. Because the summer for pastors is insane. Because you got camps and you got all these things and they all back up and VBS and all these kind of crazy things going on. Like we got to find a couple of days just to, just to get away. And we're try, trying to think about all the places to go. There's that bubbling up. And we want to go, and we want to feel that peace, that exhale, so that we can then handle everything else. That spiritual journey that we go on is a similar process. You feel that little bubbling up, like there's something happening in my life. I'm ready to feel that peace, that exhale with God. Where is God taking you? Where do you want to go? I'm going to walk through some scripture. This is absolutely one of my favorite stories. I know I say that every week because I like the Bible. I'm a big nerd. Just get over it. But it's in Luke. No, yes, Luke. Luke. Good. I think it was, I thought it was the John text. But the John text is what was on the board out front. This is the Luke text. This is the road to Emmaus story. We're going to walk through this text. What chapter is it here? Because I don't have it written down in my notes. Luke chapter 24, verse 13. So if you're watching at home or you're keeping track here, Luke chapter 24. Thank you so much, Ash. Now the same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus. Let me stop right there. The same day. Now this comes right on the heels of Mary Magdalene at the tomb. All right? And why was Mary Magdalene at the tomb? Remember last week what happened? Jesus rose from the dead. Absolutely. He is risen. He is risen. He is risen. Now on that same day, two of them are going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. So they're walking seven miles. They were talking to each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. But they were kept from recognizing him. 
Now, as we're reading this scripture, I want you to keep in mind, these two are moving away from everything that had just happened, all right? They're moving away from Jerusalem. They're walking away. This is like the best moment in all of history, and it's the same day that this has happened. And we're going to find out later what amount of information that they have. And they are still walking away from the best moment in history. Also, this is the second time after the resurrection that Jesus wasn't recognized at first, right? He came and visited who just before this? I just told you. Mary, Mary right? At the tomb. And the other time is here. He wasn't recognized. And it was, it was, she, all right, now do you remember this? Well, this is like trivia day. This will be fun. Do you remember at what point she recognized it was Jesus when he did what? When he said her name. Excellent. You get extra cookies today. So I want you to be looking at the moment when they start to recognize him. Verse 17. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. Everybody said, ah. One of them named Cleopas asked him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem? who does not know the things that have happened there in these days, it's almost like he's saying, man, have you been hiding under a rock? Wait for it. (laughs) You're welcome. That's for my church nerd friends. Verse 19 says, what things, he asked. And I don't think Jesus is being coy here, right? I don't think he's just trying to be a little stinker and just walking along with them and, oh, do tell me about what happened. Have you seen that episode of The Office where Dwight, like, uh, jumps up and, and sprays Roy in the face and saves Jim? And Angela is so, you know, affixed uh, with Dwight's heroic. She keeps asking everybody else, oh, so tell me again, what, what happened? What ha-? This is not what Jesus is doing. Jesus isn't walking up going, oh, yeah, just, so tell me about how I was the hero and I saved the day. I just want to know a little bit more about what you have to say. No, this is actually the rabbinical teaching style. This is the way that, that rabbis at that time would teach. They wanted, to basically, for the student to have the answer to the question in their mouth. So that they would ask questions so that then the student would come forward. So this is actually a very, very normal thing for a rabbi to do as he was teaching students. Because he wants the answer to be in the mouth of the students. And watch how the answer appears. About Jesus of Nazareth, they said. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him, and they start to tell the whole story here. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one that was going to redeem Israel. And what's more, it's the third day since all this has took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that he had seen visions of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it was just as the women had said, but they didn't see Jesus. That's the gospel message. Somebody say, praise God. So wait a second. You did know the good news? You did know the whole story? You did know what happened on the third day? You did know that Jesus wasn't in the tomb? You did know that Jesus was alive and you still walked away? Hmm. This scripture for somebody in here today, somebody online that's listening to this, that you've heard the good news, but life came in and elbowed you in the side of the head. And now you find yourself, even though you know the good news, even though you know that Jesus defeated sin 
and death. Even though you know that you're connected in such a way that can never, ever, ever be broken by anything you do, God doesn't abandon you. God walks with you. And we're seeing it in this scripture come to life. But even this morning, you're struggling. Look at somebody next to you and say, this one's for you. He said to them, how foolish you are. And how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. But keep in mind, they still don't know that this is Jesus. But imagine that moment. This is the word made flesh explaining the entirety of the gospel, all of the scriptures, walking with them, hearing all of this about the word, by the word made flesh. And there it is, that stirring, that bubbling up, that ignition, that flame inside, that something's going on. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going farther. But then they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it's nearly evening and the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. Now, every time I read this scripture, I always think, where was Jesus going? I mean, like, why did he just continue on away from Jerusalem? Why did he just try to keep going so much that they had to urge him to stay. And I guess it doesn't really matter. It just speaks to how important it is that when we call to Jesus, Jesus comes to us. Even in that doubt, even in that flurry where we're feeling that ignition happening in our body and we can't figure it out and we say, Jesus, we need you here with us. Jesus responds. Jesus could have been anywhere. Do you remember last week? When he went to visit Mary, right, he could have been anywhere. He could have dropped in on Pontius Pilate. Ha ha, I'm still alive. Take it. All right, how do you feel? Or he could have been with all of the chief priests and the elders and and said, hey guys, how's it going? Want to have a sandwich? But he didn't. He met Mary in the garden. He walked with these two. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. And right there in that moment, their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he disappeared from their sight. Jesus is made known in the breaking of the bread. He meets them with sustenance, with body and spirit. In that same way, Jesus is made known here to us in this place in the breaking of the bread and meets us us with sustenance for body and spirit. Verse 32, they ask each other, here it is again. Were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? Now think about this. They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. Now when we started the story, do you remember how many miles they were from Jerusalem? Seven miles from Jerusalem. 
All right? Think about that for a second. That's where the story begins. That told the time that Jesus is talking with them, they're still walking and moving away from Jerusalem. They urge him into the house because the day is almost over, right? It's almost evening. You should come in and stay with us. They just sat down for a meal. Like it's the day is over. Everything is finishing up. And now they're at least seven miles or more. And they were so compelled, brought up, that they took off in the middle of the night. Meeting Jesus means that they respond by doing something a little bit crazy because no road in this time was safe no matter what road you were on and it was even worse in the middle of the night but they want to take that risk because they were compelled by their heart burning just in that same way that when Jesus meets us with that burning heart that something's happening that bubbling up comes to life that you can't help but say Jesus come join me please take hold of what I've got going on in my life and send me off in a new direction somebody say amen there they found the eleven, those with them, assembled together and saying, It's true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. And the two of them told him what happened on the way and how the Lord Jesus was recognized by them in the breaking of the bread. This is the word of the Lord to which everyone says, Thanks be to God. Last week we met people that were walking toward the tomb. And Jesus met them there hanging on to the outside of the tomb, looking in for the dead. And Jesus meets them there. And this week, Jesus meets them when they're walking away from the tomb. This is the norm, right? We hit that devastating moment or time period, and we either cling to it like Mary, or we run as fast as we can like these two. But why did Jesus walk with them? Why not stop them in the middle of the road when they were seven miles away? Because he knew that they were going to go back to Jerusalem and they had to go talk to the 11. They had to confirm what they had seen. They had to give this life some actual proof and justice. Why in the world would he stop them? And he doesn't stop them because he doesn't necessarily want to endorse that sadness, but because they didn't want to stick around for the good news. Jesus wants them to know the good news. He wants them to see and feel and know He's real. He's alive. I hear so many people tell me stories about them walking away from their faith. I got hurt by the church, Pastor, and I don't know. I just don't really want to be a part of it anymore. You could fill in any kind of story. Somebody was nasty to me at church. I had a youth director that said something awful to me. I've heard them all. Or I've even heard the ones where it's like, man, I just don't really think that God answers prayer. Because it, I prayed this, and then nothing happened. Two weeks ago, we talked about expectations, right? You remember Palm Sunday? It was the Sunday we talked about everybody was so fired up and excited, and they thought, this is Jesus, this is Jesus, the one, and he's going to come in, and he's going to overthrow the Romans, and everything's going to change, and everything's going to be great, but he shows them a completely different way that he's going to be king and Messiah, and their expectations flip upside down. There's lots of reasons to walk away from faith. It's in our nature. It's easier than sticking with it. But I'm going to tell you three things that this scripture brings to life. And if you stop paying attention to the sermon or you felt like it was time to take a good nap, I get it. But wake up. <laughs> because here's the good news. Jesus walks with us even when we're going in the wrong direction. Somebody say amen on that. Number two. Jesus meets us sits with us, breaks bread with us. We don't have to go find Jesus. Jesus comes 
to us. Amen? And then in that moment, where Jesus walks with us in the wrong direction, comes to meet us, walks with us even when we keep going, and brings that good news into our life, Jesus then sends us in a completely new direction. Returning back to that good news every day, maybe, every week for us. That we come back to see and know and taste and see that God is good. The question is, this season of Easter, where is God taking you? You feeling something within you? Burning just a little bit. I don't know what it is, but I kind of want to know something more, God, about what you're going to do with me. That bubbling up of faith. Maybe even a little bubbling up of doubt. Hopefully it's a little bit of both because that's the beauty and grace and mercy of God at work in you. And the good news is awesome. So therefore we respond to the good news by asking those questions, taking some time with God. So here's my challenge for you. This season of Easter, the next five weeks, this season of Easter, every time you are in the car, you're by yourself or with your family, it doesn't matter. Just take one moment, that one moment of silence. I want you to breathe in, breathe in with me. Then exhale. And say, God, where are you taking me? God, what are you doing with me? Hands at 10 and 2. Big deep breath. God, where are you taking me? I'm going to do something a little crazy. I haven't done this before here. Um, I'm going to give you two things that I want you to talk to your neighbors about. Somebody not in your family, all right? So find somebody you didn't come with, and I want you to ask them this question. Here's the first question. And from my introverts in here, I'm really sorry. I won't do this very often, okay? I do it every week. I want you to ask somebody why they why they came to church. Just ask somebody why they came to church. And the follow-up, why do you keep coming? Why do you come to church? Why do you keep coming? Take two minutes and ask the people around you to hear the gospel for a minute.
Did you hear the good news? Somebody say yeah. yeah. We heard about brokenness, not winning. We heard about God as foundational in our lives. We heard about community. That's the good news. That's what God is doing here in this place. That's what God is doing with us, God's people. The good news in this scripture is three things. You ready? Here they come. Jesus is leading you in a new direction. Jesus comes to you, meets you, breaks bread with you, and is fully present in your life. And perhaps my favorite part of this whole scripture, even when you're walking in the wrong direction, Jesus is with you. You can't do anything to run away from this God that pursues you. And God will never stop pursuing you. No matter how far you run, no matter how fast you go, no matter what you say or throw at God, God won't abandon you. That's the good news. There's nothing you can do to break the promises of God that come to us in the waters of baptism. For once you're a child of God, always you're a child of God. And God doesn't abandon God's children. Not once. Not ever. Pray with me if you would, church. God feels like sometimes we're going in the wrong direction more than the right one. We come here because we're reminded that we're still broken. Mm. Even when we try to show the world that we've got it all put together and that everything's just fine, I can keep all the plates spinning, I can keep all the balls in the air, but we can't. So you come and meet us here in this place. And then Lord, walk us out these doors and put us in conversations with people that are feeling the same thing we were so that we might be able to share that good news. It doesn't matter if you're walking in the wrong direction. Jesus is still walking with you. And that when we come into this place every week and you break bread with us and reveal yourself to us present and you send us off in a new direction, encouraged and uplifted, forgiven and sanctified by your Holy Spirit. God, we give you thanks because of what you say to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, I hope that was helpful. If so, I ask you a couple of things. One, share this with a friend so that they can hear some good news in their life too. And if you want to continue that impact beyond we ask that you go to ChristSouth.org to the online giving tab and give to this ministry so that we can continue to share this with others. We'll see you on the next podcast or maybe in person at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings at Polo Ridge Elementary in Charlotte, North Carolina. Blessings and peace. Have an awesome week.